0: Hi, and welcome to Total Rewind, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast where we take a look at movies 30 years and older and see if they still hold up. I'm D-Man, joined by my co-host, CP. And we're very, very excited for the movie that we have today because it's kind of like an 80s Halloween classic. If you're actually viewing this podcast right now, hopefully you can see that CP is dressed accordingly and I, I guess i would say take a guess <laughs> he's wearing a leather jacket he's got on some shades looking uh very suave very uh, 80s I,
1: very
0: I don't know if i would use too.
1: the word suave but i'm definitely in tribute to my personal favorite monster squad character yes are you gonna name him oh no i was leaving it for the audience rudy oh. Rudy's the best <laughs>
0: character in the movie
1: he kills more monsters you, than thought... anyone else come on <laughs>
0: Yes, we were watching the 1987 classic, Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. And it's worth noting that I called it a classic, and it was not a film of its time. It did not actually do that well when it released. Bombed. Um, yeah, it, it was not that popular, but it's since gained kind of a cult following, and now is a regular kind of Halloween lineup movie, yes. which, again, it's a cult classic. So you don't really see it on TV. You don't hear about it. You kind of got to know about it. If you do, then it makes your lineup. For me personally, it was a movie that I am not even 100% sure if I've ever seen it. I don't believe so, although I got the impression that it might have been on somewhere, like when I was at like a Halloween party, because I'm looking at it and I'm like, it feels familiar, but I couldn't have told you the plot points.
1: Julie and I used to watch it all the time, so you Maybe probably that's saw it was. when we lived okay. together in college.
0: Yes, we were college roommates. I was like, I have a feeling it was on somewhere. And like, I've seen it, but I never have just like sat down and and given it a full runtime viewing. And that was was really fun. It's a movie, like I said, that if you were to kind of compare it to something, I think I would have to go with Goonies. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think that's the best comparison of it. It's a group of kids on a mission. We kind of get similar Goonies type introductions to all the characters as the movie starts.
0: And there's some other parallels that we'll bring up as we get into the story. You know, it also has a a hint of, you know, maybe that first season of like Stranger Things, you know, Mm. certain elements of it, the the group of kids and and they're trying to solve this mystery and all that. So I could see where where filmmakers draw their inspiration from Goonies to this to Stranger Things draws on both of them. (laughs) Yeah, You just keep building on it until you get the Demogorgon. (laughs) So diving into the film, what's interesting is when we talk about its cultural relevance, something that really stood out to me here is the movie has a cult following. So in terms of our general cultural awareness of the film, most people are not. But what's so cool is that the writers actually borrowed from dormant IP at Universal Studios and they, they pulled up the, the Universal Monsters. We have previously talked about on this podcast when we reviewed The Mummy and we were talking about how they wanted to do a whole kind of like shared universe, like Monster Verse or whatever it was called. What was it called? The Dark Universe. The Dark Universe. So they're basically taking, you know, if you go to like Halloween Horror Nights at Universal, a lot of these characters are going to show up. It's really neat how they incorporate that sense of IP into this film. And it also makes me think that that's why it has a cult following. That's why it's so so popular.
1: I mean, it's also written by Shane Black and Fred Decker, mostly Shane Black, who went on to write some really iconic 80s and 90s films, The Lethal Weapon, Predator. You know, I mean, these are movies that everybody has seen and loved. And he's a great screenwriter and a great storyteller. And it's kind of cool that this is sort of his first film post-film school.
0: The monsters are, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's Dracula, Wolfman, Thing, Frankenstein's monster. And am I missing one? Is the mummy there? The mummy, the
1: mummies in the mummy. There too. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So it's those five,
1: right? All and those the really classic are
0: ones. Yeah, those yeah. really are the most popular ones. And they literally, you'll see them if you go to Universal. They might even have like an actual, I don't know if the one here in Hollywood does, but I think one in Florida might actually have like a haunted ride, kind of like how Disneyland has the Haunted Mansion. Oh, really? And I I think they have like a thing, at least during Halloween for sure, where you can go through and they have like a nice throwback homage to these great characters who have graced our screens for really now, I don't know, almost a century probably. So especially Dracula
1: going all the way back the Bram Stoker novel and everything. So it's very cool. Very iconic Halloween-y. So as far as cultural relevance,
0: I don't know that it really extends past that. I'm not a part of uh, <laughs> the cult that uh, watches this every year. So maybe you can speak a little bit on that.
1: I mean, I'm a big fan. There is a really diehard community of followers. You know, there have been some really large screenings in the past couple of years where they got the cast together a few of the cast members have a podcast where they kind of track the relevance of the show and where they are. It's called Squadcast. Nice. That's really cool. And then a couple years ago, Michael Bay wanted to remake The Monster Squad and all the other squad fans came out, sent him a bunch of hate mail and they shut that idea down. So as of now, there is no hope of talking about The Monster Squad on movie remake time because there will not be a remake. You know, it's always weird
0: because movies like this, like for instance, you know, The Goonies. Does The Goonies need a remake that's really where it's like i don't know that a movie like that really does but in this case i could almost see it in the same way that at the time they revived this ip it might be cool like they were trying to do the dark universe it's like maybe start here yeah right (laughs) start with the monster squad and then let it like branch out
1: Yeah, I mean, you could definitely see them do something fun with it.
0: The reason I say that, too, is I think, you know, the Goonies itself, the characters, Sloth, Chunk, all the main actual Goonies, all kind of reached a certain kind of uh, recognition. Everyone kind of knows who, you know, Sean Astin and all that. Josh Brolin. They were all in the movie. I, I feel like Monster Squad kind of slips through that. So I don't know that we're all like, oh, my gosh, I'm so in love with You know, these characters, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, other than you and Rudy. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, that to me does kind of
1: scream like if they could do it right, I could see a remake. I could see it. You know, it could be something where you could really see it lending itself to a series. Yeah, right. Just like, in I the sense, like there's if, something if you got there. 11 episodes of the Monster Squad fighting off Dracula and his monster gang, I think that would be a really fun show. So Netflix- Right, like a Stranger Things style. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something
0: here that they could definitely do. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming part of that backlash is because the person, Happen to be Michael Bay. Maybe if probably Spiel- if Spielberg was the one, you know,
1: or somebody else yeah. was like,
0: "Hey, we want to do this." People might be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that'll be that'd be great." I'm sure with Michael Bay, they're like, "Oh, yeah."
1: I think Shane Black would probably have to bring it up as one of the creators. If it's a good. He presented point. the remake idea. Maybe people would go along with it because it was his creation to begin with. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, and we've we'll see. seen
1: with really all the comic book movies,
0: you know, you see it with some book adaptations going to the big screen, and of course, Star Wars, you have a really, really high chance of pissing off fan bases. Yeah. So you want to do it in a way where the fan base is supportive because they're really the ones that are going to bring this up. They're the ones that are going to make it kind of relevant. You definitely don't want them pissed off. No,
1: you know, absolutely.
0: That's kind of in my opinion, that's the extent of its cultural relevance. I didn't even necessarily find that like the soundtrack really stood out in a, you know, a way where I was like, "Oh man, that was so good, like I'd buy the soundtrack or something." It was
1: okay. It's almost like an 80s gem if you haven't seen it. It's stooped yeah. in 80s cultures, the way the kids talk, the way they behave. There's good old fashioned 80s bullying. Even, yes. oh, I know. I think they dropped a you
0: know a gay slur in there. I was More like, than what one. Yeah. My, my like, favorite uh, part is
1: dang. when Rudy rolls up in his bicycle and lights a cigarette match on his on his shoe. I'm oh like, yeah. You would, you would never see that in a movie now because no one smokes in movies anymore. It, it's very '80s. So yeah, if you want that little trip back in time for two hours, that's what this movie does really well.
0: Yeah. He like bullies the bully and he tells yeah. him to eat like the candy bar off the ground. Yeah. He's all embarrassed. I mean, again, like. There's, I feel like that scene almost parallels straight to Stranger Things. There's literally characters in Stranger Things where, like, that happens. Yeah. I think Eleven bullies the bully, but she's using her powers. And instead of eating the candy bar, he, like, pees his pants. Yeah, you know, but like yeah. I, you could just see how that parallels right over. I'm sure I would bet money that the Duffer Brothers have seen
1: Monster Squad. Um, I, I think they have to.
0: One of the things, though, one of the elements that, if I'm looking at how this holds up, it is like you said, it's like going back in time to the '80s. Uh, the
1: effects, they're okay. They're just okay. Obviously, all the monster costumes themselves are classic costume work. There's no CGI enhancing of these things as we would see now. I think that some of them look aged, but when you consider them for the time are pretty good. And then other ones are very, very, very bad. Like yeah, I think the portal to Limbo.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the portal's tough. I mean, I think the one of the girls, especially right when it kicks off, it's like, it reminds me of watching like James Bond surfing into the movie. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Yeah. This is not... Yeah, man, I wonder if there was another way to do this. The costumes themselves for the monsters, they actually get the benefit of all the past history associated with those roles they don't necessarily have to embody this certain sense of realism they need to bring about that nostalgia for the characters which they do yeah i think right, they do that successful. really well i think that holds up really well but when we get into some of the actual i guess quote-unquote special effects yeah some of them don't age well uh you could definitely tell if you
1: watched it you'd be like this is an older movie now like, like case in point when the wolfman transforms from man to wolfman right dated it looks like some. Something You would expect in an old 80s movie. And that's what you get. Uh,
0: Obviously, I love the 80s and, you know, all the IP and great stories that came out of the 80s. So for me, it's fun to go back and I enjoy that. But I wonder if kids today would still, you know, if that would turn them off to it. Maybe. I'm curious. Yeah. That's
1: that's probably a realistic expectation that they're not going to appreciate that classic film effects. Yeah, and then
0: when we get into the actual story, I know we had talked before we hit record and we were just saying, you know, it's a little, it's a little plot driven. There wasn't a whole, whole lot going on with the characters any more than, you know, they take action. There's some momentum with the characters, but they don't have necessarily like these great arcs.
1: No, it, it is very plot driven. Just audience, if you haven't seen it, there is an amulet, which is pure good and it keeps the forces of evil in check. And there's one day every 100 years where that amulet is vulnerable. It just so happens that Dracula comes to town to destroy that amulet and the monster squad are the only ones who stand in his way. And so there you go. It's pretty straightforward to make it. There are opportunities when you look at the screenplay where they actually could have gone out and got the Van Helsing diary instead of it just sort of landing in their lap. I yeah. thought another missed opportunity is the beginning of the film, we see their father and the mom having this very strained relationship. I think it sets up a great opportunity at the end for the father to sacrifice his commitment to work for his commitment to family. And he kind of does it, but it's yeah, I was gonna say not really acknowledged it, in the way that it should have to kind of close off that arc.
0: And it had more of like the arc itself felt more like he came around to believing this was real. Yeah. Rather than like, you know, there's a payoff. With his family Yeah You definitely. know there's a couple times Like you said early on Where this kind of Bubbles up Where I think one time Like the girl Is talking to her mom I think What was her name Phoebe mm-hmm. She's talking to her mom And she's like Yeah tell him Not to be so mean And she's like I tell your dad That all the time <laughs> Yeah like, I'm talking about my brother You yeah. know Yeah. There's like You know They actually literally Do have I think it's like An argument in the background Kind of You can like hear them mm-hmm. And she's saying You work too much And all this stuff And yeah Those type of things I, I, I felt like They didn't necessarily Give full arcs for the characters. Like you said, it's very plot-driven. Essentially, they have to uh, get in front of the amulet and, like, say this incantation. And I don't know why, but it needs to be, like, a female virgin.
1: Just... To make it more challenging <laughs> yeah, I guess so <laughs> Another <laughs> so thing like, That's never explained
0: No but like I mean it was funny Because like plot wise They actually get someone To go do it And then She like Reads it And it doesn't work They're like Oh shit <laughs> <laughs> There's only one reason <laughs> Why this didn't work And uh,
1: now we know yeah. yeah Virgin
0: Your status
1: I think one of the other Potential pitfalls In the story Is The monster squad There's kind of a big cast mm-hmm. Of the squad And then there's the exact sisters and parents, and scary German guy who all come to support them. And that's just a lot of people for a two hour, hour and a half movie.
0: Yeah. And I think they tried early on in the movie to mimic the Goonies by kind of giving each of the squad maybe something identifiable, but it didn't pay out the way that Goonies did, where everybody's like, you have Data and Chunk with his, uh, and because of these and- character
1: traits that they have they actually lead to the successes of the Goonies and they make them truly memorable yeah they all
0: kind of have their yeah. hero moment yeah. and it, it didn't it just didn't flesh out like that which you know again i would say is to the film's detriment it makes it a little less i guess uh memorable a little less sticky because you're like i don't really remember most of these characters names they just felt like they were there you, you gotta you know you gotta try to bring something out in each of them either you know through what they want and whether that pays out or not or if they have some sort of special skill that can contribute in a unique situation. you got to make it memorable somehow. Yeah. And I felt that that was one of the elements of the film that was lacking. Would have loved to see that. In terms of the story with the monsters, you know, it's really kind of like Dracula's the ringleader, Yeah. you know, and everybody else is just kind of along for the ride. They're monsters and this is our chance. So I find that
1: to be fair enough.
0: I think with the monsters, you just want to see them in action.
1: Especially um, these characters that we're so familiar with, right? In literature yeah. and in pop culture and movie history. So it's not like we really need a lot of motivation from them, right? They're the bad guys, and they do it well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought they were great. That's—I'm sure—that's one of the long-term pulls of why this movie hangs around. I did mention at the top of the episode, and this is where it comes up, that there was another comparison to Goonies, and that's the fact that I think Frankenstein's monster was kind of like sloth. Yeah, totally. Um, where he's like originally on this side, he he's kind with of does the bad guys,
1: teams up with the kids, one particular who he's kind of attached and at the hip with. Goes Goes on to help them save the day and foil the, the villain's plot Like you I it. did
0: love the scene and I just want to bring this up because I thought this 100% needs to be in this film it has to be when Rudy's trying to join the monster squad and they're like doing monster trivia mm-hmm. like you have to have that yeah, at right. some point whether it's an induction thing or you know a, a challenge or you're actually going to use those facts to like influence different scenes because they got to know this stuff You, I mean I was like thank God they put that in and they put it in or
1: because I was like well, that
0: and, has to happen
1: and to make it even better it happens in like an old school tree house I'm like oh that's so 80s right there yeah that was that was perfect I love that And I
0: was like literally think of 80s like they open up the door and like it says like no like girls out or whatever <laughs> no girls allowed I was like yeah that's like on every boy's treehouse in the 80s yeah yeah makes total sense <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very
1: true to the time that it was made.
0: You know, I'm not going to dive too much into the ending. I think it was appropriate, like we said, the dad kind of comes around. You know, he's a police officer and the... Monster Squad is
1: successful. I really like the addition of Scary German Guy as a character. Mm. For example, it is one of the yes. choices that the kids have to make. They're scared of this dude, and they even early on suspect that maybe he is Dracula himself. Yeah. Once they get the diary that, I was going to ask, what was the neighbor's Scary German Guy? And I <laughs> yes. love that they call him. I love names like that. And once the the kids get the diary of Abraham Van Helsing, and the only way to translate it is to find someone who reads German, they are forced to confront their fears. I think from a storytelling standpoint, that's really critical. I also like that Shane Black actually went there and made this guy be a Holocaust survivor who talks about how he has firsthand knowledge of monsters. And I'm like, that's like a level that I don't expect from most kind of kids films. So way to go, man.
0: Yeah, and then finally, I did like at the end... Frankenstein's monster ends up kind of sacrificing himself for the greater good yeah I thought that pays off nice because if you know anything about Frankenstein's monsters arc I mean that's a great way to with like I guess I'm saying in story and also in the broader sense yeah I, I thought that played well that was pretty cool and that again you know I don't know why that reminded me of Terminator 2 like when he like goes into the lava into pit the with lava his, with the thumb up yeah lap. yeah I was like, kind of reminds me of that. Kind of the so, same thing. That sacrifice. It's not lava. Running. It's a portal, but. <laughs> so um, that brings us to our conclusion. I have to ask the question. Do
1: you think Monster Squad holds up? Well, I- I'm dressed like Rudy, so you know what I'm going to say. I totally think that it does. While I have not shown it to many children of this time to get their feet on, uh, as a 90s kid myself, I appreciate what the film was at the time. And it's the dose of nostalgia that I like to revisit every year. Unlike you, this is something that I watch every Halloween, you know? Well, that was going to be my answer after having seen it,
0: which is in a general sense, no, I don't necessarily think the movie holds up It's very much a product of its time. I'm assuming that most of the people that actually watch it probably older and are either nostalgic for that time or grew up with the film. I don't know that it's necessarily being passed down, but I think it does hold up as a fantastic Halloween movie. It's definitely something that I think it earns its place there. It uses classic monster characters, so it has a timeless sense in just film history in general. It, It will always be a part of those characters. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, if you go to Universal or anywhere, if there's any references directly to Monster Squad. But as far as it being a movie that's relevant for Halloween, put it on your list. I think it does does great justice. So, and I hope that Halloween... Keeps the movie alive, so yeah. and I guess that's what I mean. Is maybe if it, you know if we didn't associate it with monsters and Halloween, which is the Monster Squad, so it, it earns it. I don't know if if just that solo adventure would would get us there, but it's not, and it does. Yeah, that's my final thoughts. I I did want to say, and we talked about this a little bit. I just wanted to say I do I would be in favor of a remake of this.
1: Okay, and what's what's your thoughts on the remake? I mean, movie remake or more like we were talking about with the series approach? Like, how do you see a successful remake coming out of this
0: basically like you said earlier there's two ways that i actually saw it i thought it would be really neat if like the monster squad became like a kickoff point for launching these different monsters into their own movies something kind of cool like that could be fun or kind of a, a limited series a limited run similar to what stranger things season one did okay you know what i mean Something like that, where we would be like, okay, this actually, it's enclosed, but it's long enough that you can give the characters the arcs they deserve, and the monsters can get full stories. You know, you could almost do episodes where you kind of follow maybe one monster or they have their main story. And I would assume that you would, if you're doing it the right way, then you would have like one of the kids who's paralleling the story of the monster and all that. I,
1: I don't know. It'd be neat. Dig it. I mean, audience, this is something I, I kind of want to do. It. Would yeah. love <laughs> your feedback on. I mean, I think you're right. In, it's a concept that is very right, It's probably timely in the sense that it's been thirty something years since it was made. Yeah, so. it just
0: doesn't have that quality to me that feels, I guess, like the word would be untouchable. Like you cannot touch that. You know, because if someone tried to remake like a New Hope, I'd be like, there's just no reason to. Don't do it. Yeah, make, make sure a new J.J. One.
1: Abrams did it, man.
0: I know make a new one, <laughs> but this, it doesn't have that quality. It feels like you could expound on that. I would actually appreciate if they did. I wish they would omit this from the actual new Canon. I think it should be a new story in itself. You don't need to tie it back to this. Like sometimes that's annoying to me. Okay.
1: You, okay. you
0: don't have to make this fit with the new one. I think it, I think it could do a real remake here. Totally worth it. I think it'd be great. All right. So, and you know me, we do, we do movie remake time. I love remakes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they give us you so much
0: to talk about
1: some remakes
0: yeah they give us so much to talk about they give us a reason to go back and watch old classics it's great i love remakes so fair enough that's where we'll end it I wanted to thank everybody for tuning in hopefully you enjoyed the show if you haven't seen monster squad which i'm assuming a lot of our listeners have not i would totally recommend you give it a shot and uh it's still halloween and go ahead and you know close this out here see if uh see if you enjoy it and cool. if anyone has kids i would love to get in the comments if you if you show it to your kids do your kids like it. That's that a good that interests. that interest. So would love to see it. Be sure to continue the conversations on social media. We're on all the major channels, and you can find all the links at filmmakerscompasspodcast.com, as well as be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. So for video version, you can find us on YouTube, Filmmakers Compass Podcast. CP?
1: Take us out. Thank you for sticking around this week and talking Monster Squad with us. We will be back next week and we hope you will check out that episode as well. Until then, keep watching movies and we'll see you next week.